Welcome to the Stott Legacy. He is within us. He shares in the pain and identifies him. We must not ask God to change his timetable because we're getting a little bit impatient. Or think of the beginning of the first letter of Peter when he says that we were chosen by God the Father. It is 2021 and this marks the centenary of the birth of John Stott in central London. He holds a unique place in 20th century church history, not just because of his impact on the British church, but because of his impact on the global church. So throughout the year, we will meet a broad range of people from across the world, both women and men who knew him and worked closely with him, as well as those who never met him, but were nevertheless shaped by his preaching and writing. My name is Mark Mennell, and I hope you will join me as we explore inspiration, challenges, and insights from the life of Uncle John. My conversation this time is with Ria Pasaribu, who is the founder and executive director of Indonesian Care. This is a unique Christian organization that exists to be a catalyst for churches to get involved in development projects in Indonesian society. And hers is a striking vision, as we will hear, a vision that's led to some extraordinary opportunities in what is, of course, the world's most populous Muslim nation. But to get things going, I began by asking her how she came to know Christ for herself. I came to know Christ personally while I was in high school, 1979, through my home church, Lutheran Church. And I was nurtured in discipleship by one of the Bible study leaders. That was in Jakarta? Yes, in Jakarta. And you uh, started going to Bible studies. And then when you went to university, you were involved in the Christian Union groups at university? Yes, exactly. And like so many people around the world, that led to you being involved in the national Christian Union movement, the IFES work in Indonesia. Just tell us about that. Yeah, I came to know the student fellowship. Uh, the name in, in Jakarta or in Indonesia is Perkantas, InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. I, I came to visit and to have a, a fellowship with another students from any other, many, many uh, university uh, every week in Jakarta. And um, can you remember things that you particularly learned or, or things that influenced you as you were growing as a believer? I came to know IVCF or Perkantas. I told you just now that I've been uh, led uh, by uh, one of the senior leaders in my church. So uh, after I received Christ, I was nurtured in discipleship and uh, the, my leader actually introduced me uh, the book of John Stott. Ah, do you remember which book it was? Uh, the Basic Christianity. Wow. Oh, I like this, this book because this is one of the good books teaching me biblically how mm. to grow in Christian life. And it has increased my longing to get closer to God. I'm grateful to enjoy the precious time in my youth being given discipleship, coaching, and reading quality books like the writings of John Stott. So that was translated into Bahasa? Yeah, 
Yeah, gradually I had a burden to share God's word with my schoolmates. I did pray and God opened the way to start weekly student fellowship at school in Jakarta, 1980. And I heard the fellowship still on until this day. Praise be to God. That's, that's wonderful to hear. So did you then um, have a chance to meet John at some point after that? Yeah. First time I met Uncle John through participate in Bible seminar hosted by Scripture Union, 1989 in Jakarta. I learned more how to read and study the Bible deeper. The happiness in life when we can study Bible by ourselves and find the meaning, also understand God's will. So the word of God has sharpened my thinking as well as changed my behavior towards life. One of my friends from Scripture Union, she said that when I talked to, to her, she said that she always remember until now the way Uncle John's explained about the Bible. One of his sentence, uh, Uncle John said, the Bible is the word of God who is the creator of men. He is not a silent God, but a God who plans and speaks with his word. The word of God can be described as an ocean, so deep, so wide in which there is beauty, but not a single theologian was able to dive to the depths of the ocean. However, the ocean water rolled in waves until it reached the gently sloping beach. On the beach, children can enjoy and feel the water in the ocean. Therefore, let us, let us not be less serious about understanding the Bible because it is to the little people that God is pleased to reveal the secret of his kingdom. To those who are clever and wise, God hides it. Well, this is, you know, this, my friend, always remember that verse and he, she become a good Bible teachers. Wonderful. So isn't that amazing? So here is a book that came out in the 50s in England on the other side of the world. Here are you and your friends reaping yeah. the, the, the rewards from that and it shaping your life in different ways. Yes, exactly. We thank God for, for him, you know, for his book. Wonderful. So after you had um, finished university and you worked for the student movement, you, you did some theological studies. So I think, you, did you meet John in Singapore? Yes, I studied in Trinity Theological College, 1992. And in 1995, uh, I met him there. Uh, he had been invited as the special guest speaker for graduation at my college. Right. He talks about calling as God's servant. Uh, his, his sermon taken from the book of Timothy, that he said we need to be close to God and listen to his direction through his words daily. His sermon become an encouragement and strengthen all of us because he's not only preach or write books, but he walks. Yes. So there was a, a match between what you read and then what you encountered when you met him. Yeah. Yeah. So were you able to chat with him and, and um, yes. talk more? Yeah. When we met in, in the lift, uh, he is wearing batik, you know, batik is uh, <laughs> uh, uh, made 
from Indonesia. And I said, ah, you're wearing batik. And he's very proud. And, and, and you know, he said, yes, this is from Indonesia, from Indonesia. He said. And, and, you know, the way he wear those batik give, give the impression that he's very contextualized person, that he right. would like to be close to the country that he, he, he entered or he visited. You know? And, and it's really make us like a, 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 you know it's not like a, he's not like a strange people but close right. to us he's not too grand either he's he's not too high above he comes down and is is with people alongside them yeah yeah I, so moving forward a few years you work for um, OMF overseas mission fellowship uh, and then in 2009 you were telling me earlier that you helped a startup Indonesia Care. Now, tell us a bit about that, because in some ways, the seed for that was sown while you were still a child. Yeah, yeah. So few of his books actually influenced me a lot. You know, Two important books that uh, touched me very deep. Um, one is Christian Mission in the Modern World, this book bring, brought me to wider understanding about a mission. That mission is not only evangelism, concern only for the soul of human being. While in Indonesia, many churches and Christian writers only talking about spiritual engagement, doing evangelism, saving soul, and neglect dealing with the problem of the world, like suffering, natural disaster, malnutrition, war, terrorism, the poor. Uncle John given full understanding about doing mission, like uh, in Lausanne mentioned, the whole church with the whole gospel for the whole world. So I do agree with him. Our mission is doing evangelism and social responsibility. Through this kind of mission, we bring the taste of God's kingdom to others. So I'm happy because my background is a social politics, actually, before I enter right. theological college. So I can really apply what I learned from the university, really engaging with people, really uh, listening and pay attention to the, the social issue, especially the poor. So this is this kind of things growing within me. Ria explained that it was particularly when she went to theological college that her understanding grew about the need for evangelism to be complemented by the church's social responsibilities. That is acutely true in a country like Indonesia, where the many social problems can seem vast and overwhelming, and yet where the church is not really having much impact. So she was greatly helped by Stott's Issues Facing Christians Today the book she went on to discuss. So from the this book, actually, I came to know the history, the struggles that occur time, from time to time in the world, including our nation, also the responsibility of churches towards that. Through this book, we can understand the changing world. How do Christian needs to be involved? In a complex world, what is the unique of Christian thought? And in a plural world, does Christian witness matter? These kind of things, you know, develop my understanding about God's mission, that we are not really caring for the soul of human being, 
rather the whole of the human being, also the whole creation. Body, mind and spirit, the whole thing. Yeah, meaning that that God is actually also concerned for all his creation. Christ died to bring a recon a God reconcile not only with human being, but also with the whole creation is Colossians 120, right? Right. So from this kind of understanding, the Lord give me a vision, you know, calling me to, to build a Christian foundation, especially concerned for the urban poor in Indonesia. So after three years struggling and praying, I got really confirmation from the Lord. And 2009 started the Indonesian care with the, the affirmation from God himself. We mobilize believers right. to collaborate in transforming urban poor. Well, I want to come back to that particular point in a moment. But before I do that, I just wonder, was there... Um, any opposition from churches for you doing this? I mean, you mentioned that some people thought that we should just be doing evangelism in as our mission. So did you have to yes. do some battles with that? Yeah, in some part, especially because many believers or churches always asking me, when I explain about uh, the, the mission or the vision of Indonesian care, and we explain about what, we have done in Jakarta, they're always asking how many people already received Christ. Right. <laughs> they want statistics. Yeah. That, that, and only for the spiritual life, only saving soul, not the whole of life of the people. They don't really pay attention for the struggle, the problem of many people in, in, in Indonesia. So many times we have to explain, but we don't give up. We give more education so that many, many people now become understand about these kind of things. How influential, for instance, would books and talks by leaders outside Indonesia be for, for this? So John Stott would be one of them. Were there other people who you, you drew from in your thinking? Christopher Wright, one of the favorite preacher for Indonesia also, mm -hmm. you know, that he also helped us to to see God's mission in the very, very wide understanding from the Old Testament and New Testament. Because when people are talking about mission in the beginning, they, we are only thinking and focus about the Matthew 28, the New Testament. We seldom hear God's mission from the Old Testament. And right. Chris Wright actually has offered the book that really helping us to understand from the beginning, from the beginning, God created the, the world. We'll return to Ria in just a moment, but I want to pause for our book review. And it's a joy to welcome out of the shadows my colleague Vic Marseille from Langham Partnership, UK and Ireland. She's the tech wizard behind the scenes who's enabled this podcast to come together with her great editing and creative skills. So now at last, you can finally hear her speak. She's been thinking about the book for which John Stott is best known around the world, Basic Christianity. Despite being a Langham employee, to my shame, I've not read many John Stott books, but I have read Basic Christianity, first published in 1958. 
What's amazing is that it's based on talks Dot gave at university mission weeks, yet it assumes knowledge of the Bible, which shows how far back today's students are in terms of Christian awareness. Anyway, for me, this book was a real blessing to read. It gives a really helpful, clear overview of what Christianity is, the heart of the gospel, the cross, sin, salvation. And not only that, it covers becoming a Christian and its ramifications. If you've not read any books by John Stott before, this would be a great place to start. It warmed my heart to be reminded of what I believe and why. It's written in an engaging and winsome style, which is easy to read. I think this book would be particularly helpful to a very new believer or someone who has grown up in a church context but needs a bit of a push to get over the line. One part that I particularly liked was a set of verses Stott picks out all containing promises of God, such as that he will never leave us, never allow us to be tempted beyond our strength and will forgive us when we confess our sin. These sorts of reminders of things we may already know are so crucial as we go along in the Christian life. I'd highly recommend you give Basic Christianity a read. Rhea described to me an extraordinary meeting she had in 2010. She was asked by the then governor of Jakarta, one Joko Widodo, who was popularly known as Jokowi, he just happens to be the president of Indonesia now. Anyway, the governor invited her to share about the work of Indonesia Care. He was responsible and particularly concerned for the poor in the capital in Jakarta. So when we met Jokowi at that time, only yeah, not very long, only about 15 minutes. And then after that, uh, his staff called me again. <laughs> and asking me to share with uh, Jokowi's staff in the uh, governor office. I came again I, and I shared uh, to the staff of them. And one day when I met uh, Ahok during the big flood in Jakarta, I uh, talked to him about now we are really work working for the poor. Ahok said to me, from this time on, do not work for the poor in the illegal area anymore. So I said, why, Ahok? Because all the poor people living in the remote area, illegal area, they are homeless. Mm -hmm. And Ahok said to me that uh, we, myself and Jokowi, we are planning to build a flat for the poor people, the home for the poor people. A state of apartments for them. Yes. Uh, so actually they are planning to build like 55 uh, flats. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But Blocks. in the middle, you know, that Ahok uh, brought into the prison. So only about 20 something, they finished building the, the flat. And while uh, they opened the, the flat and bring a thousand, thousand people into the flat. So Pak Ahok remember that uh, he invited us to be involved to help the poor in the flat. 2013, you know, we have a MOU with government to work together and our part is to do community development. They give us two flats actually, one 
is about 150 families. So is about uh, uh, 300, 500 people. And another flat is the bigger one is 500 family. It means like 1,500 people. Remarkable. Yeah, we are doing a community development in terms of three things we do. One is education, informal education for children. The second is economy. We are working together with the business people, the Christian business people, to have a home industry in that flat. We help them to find their potential. And after they met the potential, we help them to develop the potential so that they're able to work. And then after that, they have money, enough money to be uh, sustained in their life. The third part is the health. We helping them in terms of health. So we built like a sport for young people, um, also a sport for the uh, 58 uh, ages people, like the old folks, you know, and mm -hmm. also we are helping the sick people. Yeah, we, we work together with the small hospital nearby. So actually we are working with lots of believers from many, many churches who have skills, time, uh, professionals or whatever. They are willing to help. You know, at that time, when I explained uh, to churches, what are we doing in the flat? So they, they come to the understanding that mission is not only about saving soul, right. but also social responsibility. So they said, wow, we have this. And then sometimes, you know, they said, hi, Ria, I can teach English. I can teach maths. I can help swing a gown and whatever, whatever. And they get come, you know, they come mm. uh, weekly to help the poor ladies, you know, in the mm. flat. So helping them to grow uh, in, 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 their, in their life. Yeah. Awesome to God. How yes. God works uh, marvelously in the flat. Yeah. I mean, the, the context is astonishing, actually, isn't it? Because um, what you have is um, a majority Muslim country like Indonesia. It's the largest yes. Muslim country in the world. Yeah. The, you know, the population is huge. Um, and here is a Christian um, development organization working with a local government to provide some yeah. very basic yes. social needs. It, there can't be many yes. people doing the kinds of things you're doing. Until now, I always, you know, thank God for what mm. we, he has done through this, this ministry. And he has done through lots of uh, 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 believers as the body of Christ. We demonstrate uh, God's love so that they can taste the uh, God's kingdom, you know. Since you started, yeah. what, what do you think has been the biggest surprise? Well, the biggest surprise is... Uh, I never thought that we can work with the government. Yes. I never thought that we can work with hundreds, hundreds of people. I never thought can mobilize believers in doing those things. You get people from different churches? Yes. Yes, because I preach uh, in many churches, you know, every Sunday. 
So wow. that is the, the the opportunity for me. Every time I preach, I also share about the Indonesian care. Appealing for volunteers and different projects. Yeah, right, right. And also a Christian fellowship in the university and also some in the, you know, in the government department office. And are you spread out throughout Indonesia or is it mainly... Uh... First time in Jakarta, but now uh, we also share in, and we are already have a Medan Care in Medan, Bandung Care, as well as Malang Care. So these three, another three cities. So right. we hope in some big cities, they will start to help, I mean, the, the urban poor. Do you have people who are full-time working for you or is it still all with volunteers? Yeah, we are only about five uh, staff workers actually, right. but we have hundreds, hundreds volunteers uh, working with us because they they found is mission is excited. It's not only talking about, you know, if you don't have money, actually you can still doing mission through your uh, capabilities, your skills, you know, and then you can, uh, I mean, uh, help voluntary in teaching maths or teaching uh, English or, or helping young people for sport, you know, these kind of things. So what do you think the next five to 10 years hold for the organization? Actually, since last year, we have planned to have a urban mission consultation, but because of the pandemic, we postponed it until this year, yeah, and then we will have it on this coming October, uh, online urban vision consultation. Right. <laughs> so uh, we are hoping that through this consultation, many believers will come and we can have a lots of discussion, thinking, praying about how can we bring shalom to the city. So uh, we invite 150 people from Jakarta, Bogor, Bekasi, Tangerang, and Bandung. So we hope that the Lord will move the hearts of believers to come and join us during this consultation. And from this event, we are hoping the movement will, you know, will, will, will be on in some cities nearby Jakarta. If God's willing, we, we will still continue to do uh, urban mission consultation in two years later. We want to move on and on until, if God's willing again, until the east of Indonesia. Wow, big plans. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Kindly pray for this, you know. Indeed, <laughs> absolutely. We must draw things together a little bit now. I wonder if you can reflect back on what impact Uncle John had on you as a believer? How would you sum that up? Uncle John has given a lot of impact to my life, especially mm. how to love the Bible, how to really have a deep understanding from the Bible. He taught us a lot during uh, 80s, you know, and through his book, He's always remind us as a servant of God, we really need to be closer and closer to God through read the Bible, 
understand God's will and obedience. And I can say even I don't I don't have a very close relationship physically with him, but I can really sense how he walks with God until his end of life, you know, that he's really loved the Bible, always excited in, in, in sharing uh, the Bible with us. Even he's old, you know, during I met him, um, 1999 maybe, if I'm not mistaken, in the IVS assembly in South Korea. You know, the way he has to go up to the pulpit, one friend has to yes. hold him, you know. He's quite old at that time. But when he spoke very deep about, about mm. God through his word, and when mm. he, he shared about the book of Timothy, he also shared out this is the time for me, like Paul, to give the Bible to all this generation now. I'm old enough. And now it's your generation. It's your task to share the gospel to the whole world. Wow. You know, I can I can see how he loves God through he he loves the Bible and 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 doing God's mission given lots of impact to my life, even not, I mean, physically meeting him quite often. The way he wrote books, very deep thought, you know, and giving lots of inspiration. So helping to me to digest it, especially thinking about the issue of the world and how Christian needs to give impact for our world. What a, what a remarkable vision and a, a legacy. So it obviously made quite an impact on the people in the hall, but actually many, many others who weren't there at all in 99. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And you know what happened? I, I'm teaching a Bible uh, a mission in, in, in a theological college. I use his books. I teach them about... Uh, evangelism and social responsibility mm. to pastors and when they are taking the master, uh, theological master to the admin, you know, the professional and they said what? They are very surprised in this class, you know, open their hearts and minds wider for understanding God's mission. And for pastors, now pastors said, now it's time for us to preach about these two things, social responsibility and evangelism through the pulpit. And we can encourage all the congregation from Sunday, they can go and share God's mission in other day, from Monday to Saturday and back to the church again. So I, I'm, I'm very excited when I heard their explanation after uh, uh, learning from this class you know i thank god that really i'm i'm very happy to to teach you know uh, and in uh, giving lots of uh, influence especially for the pastors or candidate pastors because we need this kind of pastors to understand the god's mission so the church will move for god's mission 
Well, I can tell, I can see why uh, those in the classes were excited because your enthusiasm is infectious. I think um, it's, it's rubbing up on me as well, but uh, it's been an absolute joy to, to meet and talk, Ria. Thank you so much for your time. For our prayer item this time round, it would be wonderful if you could pray for a joint Langham Literature and Langham Preaching project specifically created for this, the year of the Stott centenary. We're translating Uncle John's book, God's Word for Today's World, into as many major languages as we can, specifically for use by the preaching clubs and circles in the preaching movements around the world. Several have already been completed and more are underway and it's an exciting chance for more people to gain from John's wisdom and insights, but this time in their own heart languages. So please pray for those doing the actual translations, and then for all the logistics of getting these books distributed to those in the clubs. You've been listening to The Stop Legacy with me, Mark Mennell. Thank you very much for listening. In particular, I want to thank Vic Marseille, my colleague uh, who works with Langham Partnership UK and Ireland. She has been slogging away in the background, working very hard, putting all the ingredients to these episodes together, editing and polishing and producing a first-class job. If you want to find out more about uh, Langham Partnership, you can go to langham.org, that is L-A-N-G-H-A-M.org. Also, if you want to find out more about John Stott himself and anything that's happening for this centenary year, then go to the website johnstott, all one word, .org. And on that site, you'll find a blog for this podcast with links and photographs for each episode. That's johnstott.org forward slash podcast. Until next time, goodbye.